do you speak about your journey or you're wanting to speak about your journey? I definitely would want to, yes. Could you speak to that, to, to your experience with it as a, as a child and how it's affected you? Yeah, so when I was younger, I was around 10, 11, certainly by 12, I <clears throat> felt like I was too big and that I needed to lose weight. Um, the My peers at school all happened to be very small. I had a very small friendship group. I don't know if that was just... You know, I think that was just a coincidence. They were quite small, but I felt big. I felt bigger around my friends. Um, and also, yeah, I got the odd comment. Like I didn't get, I wasn't bullied. Like no one, um, you know, was really mean, but there was just odd comments like, yeah, you know, like, oh, you, you know, you're the biggest out of them. Or, you know, like, oh, you sit there because you're the biggest and just things like that. Um, as small as comment as that is just you know obviously just stuck with me and it just empowered me to want to lose weight and change the way I looked Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah so that started when I was really young so that at that point there I obviously was in fight or flight as a child you know what do you do you don't feel like you fit in you don't feel like you will be loved unless you are a certain size or you this is what we think and so you just go any about it about it any way you possibly can and we don't have the the knowledge we don't have the help and support at that age to understand that actually you know you are loved anyway and if you did want to change your you know your body shape or your body how you could go about doing that if that was actually like something that was genuinely needed which a lot of the time you know it's not as children we fluctuate with we have baby fat we you know which yeah we do and many many children are you know have this baby fat and then we'll grow out of it when they're older etc um and so you make just yeah so back then my I was like well I need obviously need to eat as little as possible because eating that makes you gain weight and so then my journey started of disordered eating and I had it for years disordered eating like what did you experience so when I was younger I would have I did experience like the restricting heavy heavy restricting and then binge eating overeating um and it was just a vicious cycle. And back then, I didn't really realize what I was doing. I didn't really realize, well, I had no idea that my, my restricting was making me binge. Um, and then going back into that vicious cycle, like I had, I had no idea. Um, so that was pretty much my like younger childhood. And then as I got into my, um, like more of my like 20s, I was so restrictive. I kind of orthorexia, I was, I was super healthy, clean. Um, and the binge is actually kind of suppressed. I stopped, I stopped so much binge. I mean, they were still there. I would still have a binge, you know, every few weeks or so. Um, but it wasn't like a, you know, a really regular thing, like every few days. But I was so controlled, so restrictive. I mean, it would be anorexic, you know, trying to eat as little as possible. Um, and then it eventually swung back again into like the real binge eating. Um, when I went through a bit of like trauma as an adult, I went through a breakup. Um, and then I experienced binge eating really badly. I can, I completely relate. That's my issue. I restrict and binge, but my binges have been consistent since childhood, way into yeah. my thirties. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. Do you have kids? 
Yes, I do. Yeah. How I have a kid too. And my daughter experiences the opposite. She's very thin. She's admired for it at school and everyone strives. And I hear parents tell their daughters, you need to be as thin as she is, which Mm. mortifies me. And she started to develop like a pretty much disordered view a view towards her body where she mm. won't eat. She wants to stay this thin and she's yeah. definitely underweight. So yeah. I struggle with, or I think a lot of people would struggle with, how do you talk to children to avoid mm, yeah. the same experience we went through? Yeah, it's really, really hard because you won't be able to hide it from them. Like you can't help other parents talking to your, to your child like that. Um, but you can just do the best that you can do with, you know, when you are with your child. And in terms of like eat the eating and the food side of it, it's just to try and encourage them to be as an intuitive eater as possible. So, you know, allowing them to, to it's difficult when your child's already trying to make a, per, you know, like this is sort of before your, your daughter got to that stage, just to help them be an intuitive eater. Mm-hmm. Um but now she's at that stage where she's purposely trying to be slim. Um, I mean, she just needs the encouragement from you that, you know, every size is beautiful, lots of like affirmations, lots of gratitude. Um, yeah. And just be really reminding her, educating her as much as you can that thin people are the same as say fat people are overweight people. Like there's no healthy or unhealthy, like, you know, she might be thinking at the moment that overweight people are unhealthy. Like, that, no, that's not true. Um, so it's about making sure she's got the right beliefs because at the minute she's picking up these beliefs from external people, yeah. and unless she's told otherwise, that is that is how she's gonna that is going to be her beliefs, and for maybe for a very long time. Um, so it's about you discussing it with her as much as possible. Like, why do you want to? you know, remain thin? Do you realize that this is the causes of remaining really thin? And this is the health effects, you know, being a a more normal size is really healthy. This is what you can achieve. It's about strength and, you know, and really, and for you as well, it's really hard, but for never talking about your, if you're feeling uncomfortable about your body, then you don't discuss that. My daughter's friends know that you, you're in my house, you're not allowed to say anything negative about your body. Yeah. So they'll come over and they'll just say something like, Ugh, I hate something. They'll stop mid sentence and they'll be like, sorry, 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 sorry. I know we're not allowed to say anything negative here. I just won't allow it because I've spent every single day of my life bashing or saying negative daily on a daily that like, I'm exhausted. It's exhausting. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it is. Okay. So I'm excited to dive into what intuitive eating is. So intuitive eating is, it's a concept and it came from America um, and it's about, it's about finding a healthy relationship with food um, and tuning in to what your body needs, ditching the diet mentality. So like people who go through the process of becoming an intuitive eater, it's, it's, it's also not about eating when you're hungry and stopping when you're full. Like that's kind of could be a diet in itself. Like I only eat when I'm hungry and I stop when I'm full. It's also about enjoying food. You know, you might not be that hungry, but say you're somewhere with an amazing banquet of food, mm-hmm. you know, you're still able to eat the food and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, but generally you are so in tune with your body 
that you know how much fuel you need, you know what kind of fuel you need, you listen to what your body desires, you make food choices on what your body tells you it needs. Because a lot of people think, oh my God, if I just let go of all my rules, I would eat pizza and chips and ice cream all the time. And yeah, for the first few days or you know, however long each person it takes, mm-hmm. you might just have an urge to eat everything that you've forbidden yourself from eating. But after some time, your body will crave fruit, crave vegetables, um, and it will know, I need this kind of food to make me move today. Maybe you've got a big day. All right, let's have some more carbohydrates. Or, you know, you're a little less hungry. Every day we have different hunger needs, depending on several different factors in life. So people who follow a diet, the same food plan every day, so out of tune with their body monday you may need way more food than you did on sunday yeah so that is pretty much when intuitive eating is here's my question because i tried it out um and i love that i'm speaking to you after i tried it out because i feel like i've had some experience so i tried it for like about two months again it did feel like a kid in a candy store where i just did not know like what it was very chaotic it was very chaotic because i was just eating everything and then I put on weight. I didn't know when to stop. And it was, I don't know how to, if, if, if someone or in general, if a person has gone their entire adult life being unable to listen to their body or make food decisions, how can I, how can I listen to my body? It takes time and it takes practice. And there's lots of different things that you can do. Like you, yes, you will. Well, everyone's journey is different. Mm-hmm. Some people take to it like duck to water like they just you know they they crave some of this food that they didn't that they didn't allow themselves to have they have it for a period of time and then they realize they want something else that's kind of like you know perfect scenario but I have a lot of clients that say to me oh my god I'm out of control I've gained lots of weight what's going on but you really do have to trust the process like you've probably had 20 years some clients of mine have had 30 years some 10 of disordered eating and not listening to your body And so suddenly you can't just turn it on and say, right, then let's just listen to exactly what I need. It's going to take practice and it's going to take time. And also you need to tune in and you need to remain really conscious the whole time, Mm -hmm. really conscious. I mean, you've got to, for those two months, you've got to make it a priority and you've got to really be so present with all your decisions Mm -hmm. and and really talk yourself through everything, feel all your feelings. That's a big part of it. Um, check check yourself off against the hunger fullness scale where are you but it does it takes time like it's not you know having disordered eating for 20 years is not going to fix itself in a few weeks I hear that a lot what does that mean to feel your feelings yeah so I mean we turn to food as a coping mechanism like or we turn to the control of food for a coping mechanism so it is it's about it sounds a bit cliche but like yeah don't eat your feelings like if you are feeling something stress you maybe you're late, um, you're tired, you're upset, you're angry, you're whatever it is. What we do is because we haven't been taught how to handle our emotions from children, you know, it's just been like suppress everything, you know, you're fine. We just need to, we need to fill ourselves up with something. So we fill ourselves up with food. It's a quick fix. Some people fill themselves up with alcohol or drugs or shopping or whatever, but you really need to sit with these feelings and sit there and, you know, you could journals a really good exercise and just like, what am I feeling? Okay, I'm feeling apprehensive. What do I need? I need to sit down, take five minutes out, or I need to, I'm lonely. I need to go and make a phone call. Yeah. And it's about really catching these feelings. And it's very, very hard. It's much easier said than done. 
that's like part of the, the, the intuitive eating journey is practicing doing techniques to practice how you do that again it's not just something I say to someone go and feel your feelings and then off they go and that's mm-hmm. that it's done yeah because I hear and I'm just like I don't know how to do that that does not make sense to me because I'm already eating before I even know I have, I'm feeling anything yeah yeah which yeah. is really really common but you can do it you can it just takes price baby steps it might be that at first you've eaten the food but then you straight away realize that was my feeling and that's what I thought then next time you might catch it those few seconds earlier maybe while you're eating and then over time you'll catch it before before mm-hmm. you've turned to food yeah can you talk a little bit about your experience yeah, so I did kind of pick it up quite quickly, which is surprising, seeing as I've had years of disordered eating, but I really invested in it. And I, you, you need to want to change. You need to have the motivation and desire to change. And so that's like one thing that you, you know, you, you've got to want to put a lot of time and effort into it. And I did. And so my journey, yeah, I was terrified at first. I was like, oh my God, I'm being told to let go of all my food rules. I mean, I hadn't eaten carbohydrates in a very long time to a restaurant with friends and we, the only option was a pizza restaurant. I mean, my I would have said to myself, right, that's it then. This is going to have to just be a binge day because if I'm going to have some places of pizza, I'm just going to have to go all out. So, you know, and then I would just either accept this is a massive binge day or I would sit there at the restaurant and I would pick my way around it. Oh, God, just just awful and so I was terrified but I went with it and I did like you I had that thing where I was like okay I can have the bagels I can have the piece of toast I can have this and I was eating it but I really tuned into my body and I listened and my body told me quite quickly I'm starting to not feel so great now like I started to get some ulcers I'm actually not having enough fruit and veg like I'm quite into my fitness as well. So when I was eating like that and I was eating all my forbidden foods, I I had had enough of them. And I at that point there, instead of me going back to restrict, I just made sure they were regularly in my diet. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and I didn't have to have loads of them because for me, actually, I don't I don't enjoy lots of play foods, lots of like um, less nutritious food. So I was I, I had a calling quite, you know, after a few weeks of just having the healthy food. And on top of that, I took the whole process really seriously. I did lots of journaling, lots of diaries on feeding diaries, intuitive eating diaries, all the stuff that's the CBT training. I had to sit through the uncomfortableness. I had to sit through, you know, I'm eating this. And I had to challenge all my, you had to challenge all your thoughts and feelings and behaviors. And that's what it's about. So I know that eating a pastry, I'm going to enjoy it. And then my ED voice is going to come up and say, right, wow, you know, you fucked up now. And it's just sitting there and going, thank you very much. I hear you, but this doesn't serve me anymore. You know, actually, I'm more than capable of eating the the donut or whatever, and it's fine, and it's been really, and it's been a nice, enjoyable thing to do with my friends, and it's challenging everything. Um, if yeah. I had a dollar for every time I said, "That's it, today's a binge day," if my friends are going out to dinner. That's it, today's gone, it's done. I will start binging from the morning. I journal often, but you mentioned um, an intuitive eating diary. Mm, yeah. That? Yeah, I mean, that's what I do with my clients. Um, I'm not sure if other people do it, but it's about recording sort of like why you're eating. So not not what you're eating. Like, I don't give a, I don't care what you're eating, but it's about noting down every time you're eating and why, and it's getting really in tune with your body. So 
I'm eating because I'm hungry or I'm eating because I'm tired. And it's just like, yeah, that's pretty much it. Did you weigh yourself during this time, by the way? Do you weigh no. yourself? No. No, I don't. I don't now. And I didn't during the process. Um, I did before a lot. Yeah. yeah no you have to ditch all you have to ditch all diet mentality and again that's a really hard thing for some people to do i've had clients that have tracked all their food for like five six years and i told them to just stop tracking um but no i mean they were getting on the weights there is it to get on the weight scales there might be a place for it if someone is severely underweight or overweight you know so there could be medical reasons for it but generally mm-hmm. like people who are just trying to change their unhealthy food habits and their relationship with their body it's really your worth is not what's written on the scales and you're never really going to ever be happy with what it comes up as that's true it's hard to um to keep track of your progress if you're not weighing it's like i'm obsessed with keeping track of my progress if you yeah you need to find other ways other ways i mean clothes your clothes size like when you put your clothes on how you feel in your clothes (laughs) they feel a little bit like more comfortable today like if you've had a big binge we've had a your binges have been going on for a few weeks or something you're gonna feel not great in your clothes mm-hmm. it's that it's how you're able to move your body like you know when you're eating healthy mm-hmm. you feel good you want to do walks you want to be active you're right mm. that's so true um i saw on your instagram account you were doing um burpees the other day or something i went by i scrolled back in and i was like i'm gonna do 50 burpees as well today <laughs> you're like <laughs> And I did not. I was like, I'm going to do burpees. You said it was an important part of the intuitive eating journey. Yeah, because I, it, for me, it's, they're both attached. So if I don't eat, if I don't feel good, I don't want to be working out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you don't, but that's the other thing. Like you don't, why are you working out? That's what you've got to ask yourself. Like, are you working out to burn calories? Like, because if that's the case, and again, that's a mindset that you want to get away from, you want to be working out or moving your body because it feels good for you. It releases the hormones, lifts your, you know, lifts your vibe, lifts your energy levels. So, you know, if you have had a binge, really, if you're not working out, not burn calories, you probably still want to do exercise because it's, you know, it's movement. It's going to make you feel better. But they do often go hand in hand. I mean, cheat days for people are, on the sofa no no gym like I don't know why that why why that's so true what are ways that someone can manage a a, a desire to binge aside from journaling well to prevent the binging you need to stop restricting so much and also you need to really get underneath why you're binging so you might be binging because you're restricting and because we can't outsmart our bodies right if our body needs more food because we've been on eating less it's going to do whatever it can to make you have a binge mm-hmm. um but also there is some other reasons psychological reasons why you might be binging and for everyone that's so different maybe there's some past healing that needs to be done stuff from childhood stuff from you know it could be anything it could be really traumatic things or things that were actually quite subtle you don't realize but that's actually affected you later on so you really need to dig deep and figure out right what's what's causing me pain what's what emotions am I feeling because you're binging to you know because of the restriction and because you're trying to figure out from your emotions so you need to figure that out and then also, when you do think you're on the verge of a binge, you just need to challenge those thoughts, feelings and behaviours. You need to say, what is this binge going to achieve? How hungry am I? You know, the answer is probably not very hungry because you probably would have already started eating. You know, what is going to make me feel better? It's not going to be to continue eating. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and that's why, again, you need to have lots of things that you can turn to. You need to make sure you've got books that you can turn to, music, people in your life that you could call or text. Um, and you have other things that fill you up in mm-hmm. life. It's not food. Yeah. I read somewhere that you should have a plan for when the binge comes up. What are some of um, the common issues you see with people on their journey? Yeah, with their journey, um, you've kind of touched on it. The main issues will be they'll have like a period, a honeymoon period for the first few weeks, and then they might take a slip down because it's 12 weeks. It's a long time, but it isn't also a long time because 12 weeks is nothing in the spam of someone who's had disordered eating. Um, You know, so 12 weeks, disordered eating needs to, um, the recovery, sorry, to unhealthy relationships with food, disordered eating needs to be slow. Because obviously it can be too overwhelming. We can't mentally, physically take on too much. Like if I said to someone, right, you've got 12 steps, here they are, off you go. They're going to be able to do one or two of them. So there's a step a week, which is still quite a lot. I mean, the program is very in-depth and people, you know, have a lot of homework to do. And it's, yeah, so it will be not being able to trust everybody. Exactly what happened to you. You put on some weight and you got scared and you panicked. And then you probably went back to what you were doing. I went back to counting calories immediately. Yeah. And that's, that's, so it's me supporting people through that point. Mm-hmm. And also some people just facing up to things they didn't realize were a problem. So many people come out the other side and say, my God, I didn't realize that that was actually causing me to eat. And, you know, talking about that might've been hard at the time, but now feels good. Mm-hmm. What is the best piece of advice you've gotten? my biggest advice would probably be it will be hard work in in food recovery but yeah what is 12 weeks or three months or however long it takes some maybe four or five months out of your life to just focus and really you know put all your energy into it and if you do just you know really go for it you you'll have faster recovery and you know you will be able to just enjoy life so much more at the other side of it um that would be one of them secondly come like really open-minded to loads of things open-minded to the fact about weight some people lose weight on their intuitive eating journey some people gain it some people's weight stays the same some people gain it and then lose it we've all got a body set weight point and that's what needs to be figured out during the intuitive eating process because most people have no idea because their weights have fluctuated and they've dieted from too young so yeah i think my biggest advice would be to stick with it it is hard work you know, most therapy and overcoming illnesses, whether it's depression, anxiety, anything does take does take hard work. A lot of time and hard work. Uh, what are some of the best books you've read or books that you would recommend? The best book out, out there is the Intuitive Eating book. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called, it is called Intuitive Eating. I think that's just all it's called. Um, that's definitely the best book by far. I always suggest anyone to read that. And then there's lots of other books, that you know some people will like some people don't this one called the fuck it diet and then there's other ones around like stuff that isn't maybe necessarily to do with the food coping with your emotions um who else has written some good books let me just have a look actually i i am on so many books at the moment i can't <laughs> i'm always reading books i'm always on audio books at the same time mm-hmm. let me have a look so yeah intuitive eating um just eat it by laura, laura thomas is really good I've read the intuitive uh, eating book. That's where I started. But I think more material is definitely needed. There's lots of habit books as well to read. 
like because actually some of this is just habit related for people like it's not so deep to the core it's atomic habits is really good mm-hmm. because a lot of it is actually just breaking habits that you've had for so long and you know that's not a simple thing what are some uh, habits you've developed that have helped you? Uh, well, for habits for me now, I'm I'm a lot slower in life. Like I used to charge around nonstop. Oh God, just 100 miles an hour, double busy. But now I've created the habit to slow down, be more mindful, listen to my body more, like know, you know how much I can take on, how much I can't, because that's all stuff that affects your food. Yeah. You know, if you're stressed or tired, you're going to turn to food. Yeah. So I've reduced those out of my life because I used to spend all my time with a full diary and now it's helped a lot just 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 doing that mm-hmm. um I also have a habit of like meditation in the morning and I've created habits through my recovery and that I wouldn't even probably realize now so like now it's a habit that I will discuss with myself mm-hmm. when I'm next eating how much I'm eating and what I want to eat I don't even realize I'm doing it now mm-hmm. but it's just it's just something I do whereas before that wouldn't have happened. I would have been like, what can I not eat? You know, or before I knew it, I was eating. But now, subconsciously, I don't even realize I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. I will say to myself, you know, how hungry am I? I'm this hungry. What have I got planned for us today? This is what I need to eat. You know, and that sort of is a new, is that's, you know, new habits. And you're, you naturally plan what you're going to go, what you're going to eat throughout your days? Or do you plan? Like, I know people meal prep. Not really. I don't plan. I mean, it depends what I'm doing. If I'm out and about all day, then I'll take into consideration, am I going to buy food out or do I need to take food with me? If I'm at home doing my my work, then, you know, I might go for a snack, an unexpected snack or at lunch. I'll just see what do I feel like? How hungry am I today? So no, I don't really plan. And that's like the whole point of intuitive eating. Because if you are able to be someone that doesn't, I mean, sometimes you've got to plan because you've got children and you've got work and you've got stuff like that on. But if you don't need to, it's good because it means you're going flow, which means if you're on holiday, you don't stress because you're not used to having plans. You know, if you're at someone else's house and suddenly there's food there that you weren't expecting, you're okay with it. So yeah, it's, I, I know I don't really plan. You work with international clients, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I've got clients in Australia, Mexico, Spain, Germany, oh, France. So yeah, I'm international. I do one-to-one um for a 12-week program or you know clients can just come to me for a one-off is there anything else you'd like to add i think that's fine i love it thank you so much no problem it's good to speak to you